Hey, what's up, guys? Um, so we're about to start episode two of Extraordinary People. So if you're following the story, this is basically a series where I talk to people who I find very extraordinary and have made an impact on my life directly and have value to add out there in the world, even though they might not have the biggest platform. Um, you're talking to Steve Gray. He just joined in and uh, under the makerspace. So, cool, doing the connection thing. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm well. How you doing? Good, good. good. Uh, I'm right, I'm right. Uh, I don't know if it's a connection thing on my side or your side. Uh, there's a slight delay, but hopefully it doesn't affect the whole chat. Let me try. I'll try switch to mobile if it's if it helps. Are you coming through clear on my side? Okay, then perfect. Let's carry on. Um, sweet Steve, appreciate your time. Um, so this series, I don't know if you've been following it. Uh, I just chat and have a talk with people who I feel are inspiring. And people out there might not know because uh, you're not the conventional famous or the conventional uh, celebrity that uh, people would follow on social media. And I feel sure. like you have a voice that needs to be heard. Uh, so today's topic uh, is pretty much sustainability. And I think I want to touch on sustainability because that's, that's something that I feel like you've taught me a lot about. Um, and we can also let the conversation go in whatever direction you feel uh, it should. Uh, where I'll start is, can you just introduce yourself and what do you do? Sweet, man. My name is Steve. Uh, I am the chief innovator at the Makerspace Foundation. And we exist to unlock creativity in people um, and teach them to use t technology as a lever to um, improve their lives, the quality of their lives, and to improve the world in general. Sweet. That's the that's the best way I can. <laughs> it's, it's that's that's the reason why you had to introduce yourself because I was not going to introduce you that way. Hundred um, percent. Because what's what's crazy is when I was talking to you about how should I introduce you or refer to you, and can I and I asked for permission can I refer to you as an engineer because that's what you're qualified as. Um, you said you'd rather be referred to as a passionate innovator. And it's crazy that we live in a world with these titles and the titles being important uh, for people to listen to you or to understand what you have to say is worth listening to uh, versus the content, um, which is something I thought as just when you brought that up, like as a thing, because I was going to use the title of engineer because that would attract people to say, OK, I need to listen to this guy. He's educated in this field and qualified in this field. Therefore, he has something valid to add, which is the craziest thing in the world that I've learned is that it, it really doesn't matter. Like you could be an engineer and still not know a thing about the actual, a qualified engineer and still not know a thing about actually. Uh, about life, about life and what's important. And what's important, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, like, so I barely passed my engineering degree. It took me like five it taught me to be a more critical thinker, which which is good um, 
you know, being critical thinker is important when you're trying to solve problems because um, you have to approach it from many different points of view and you have to like strip down assumptions and you have to like break things down to their most simple parts so you can understand the problem and then you can fix the problem. The, pr the thing is the difficulty and the, and the way of thinking and the, and the danger of training a mind like that is you start applying that to everyday life and you become very critical, especially of people and of systems and of, um, you know, in general. And, and I think like probably you get people who are unhappy because their brains are trained to think that way. They always see the problems and things. Um, so it's a double-edged sword, man. So um, that's why I don't really refer to myself as an engineer. I haven't practiced proper engineering for, um, yeah, it's like, what is it, like 15 years? Um, yeah. 18, 18, 19 years, yeah. Um, yes. And <laughs> yeah, since that. then I've been, I've been innovating in terms of business. I've started my own businesses. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the big thing for me was realizing that the business I was involved in wasn't able to have the same impact that I felt my life, you know, needed to have. And it was yeah. limiting, you know, it was limiting me. And so, you know, I kind of left that. It wasn't a well-planned exit, but I eventually just eject, pushed the eject button um, and, um, and restarted, you know, from scratch yeah. um, with this idea of, of that I said to you, like unlocking creativity. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can talk a lot about, um, about finding a yeah. purpose and something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. And I've also realized like my education, my formal education and, and the way that we formally educated is, um, is an opposite to real life. You know, um, it's a, it's sort of this permission culture where you, you get selected yeah. based on your results or, you know, there's a, there's a format. Everyone has to queue up in a straight line and you go from tallest to shortest. And yeah. you get, you know, all get asked the same question and you, the one who answers the most questions right gets the prize. And that's not how life works. Like life is dynamic and, you know, there's so many different um, opportunities and ways to approach problems. And, you know, there's no like one winner who like did it the right way. Actually, in life, probably the winners are the people who do it differently. And that, yeah. one of the things you see as you, you leave school is like the people who do really well financially often were like underperformers at school you know they didn't they didn't do well but now that they've like you know don't have anyone to answer to and they just got to like make it happen they they thrive where the people who yeah. are really good at fitting in and following the rules they're still fitting in and following the rules and they're still being told what to do you know um yeah and if someone's telling you what to do that means they're making more money than you they, they're earning more money than you and that probably means they have more influence than you and and you know so it goes looks like definitely not about money but um, yeah. it's about like having your own destiny and like deciding, you know, can you imagine having to wake up in the morning and like do what someone else has thought about for you? Like, Hey, you need to do this today. Yeah. Um, how would you have an impact on the world when all you're doing is executing someone else's idea? idea and yeah. they, unless you're following someone who you, you brought into their vision and you're like, okay, you know, they, they've got a clear vision of how to get there. And I want to help yeah. them on this mission. I'm bought into the mission. Um, yeah, so in terms of education, to end that point off, is I've spent way more time reading business books, leadership books, listening to li podcasts around business and leadership and culture, yeah. um, many, many more hours than I have um, doing engineering and math studies, you know? So, and, and yeah, and I think also like, you know, so in terms of my, my qualifications, like formally on a piece of paper, but um, 
a lot of life is about confidence. So I do have the confidence to say like, no, this is something I really thought long and hard and studied. I can teach people something with, in terms of finding their purpose. Um, yeah. More recently, the actual sustainability angle, like, you know, I've spent a good two years thinking about that. Um, and then um, just in terms of like, I mean, the most important thing is your purpose. After that, yeah. you know, the business side and, um, you know, how you execute. Uh, it's more It's more like practical. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it all ties in. It all comes back to the purpose. Sure. Sure. Exactly. Have you seen the Ikaki, Igakaki or Ikaki, uh, like Venn Ikigai. diagram of those? Ikigai, of those over, yeah. Overlapping circles. Yeah. Um, I mean, so for me, that's like, just like spend hours and hours thinking about that. So like, that's a good place to start, you know, just get that yeah. diagram and just like every day, think about it and write and work it, it out. And work yeah, it that, out. That, yeah. That, that diagram, I just shared it recently with like my, my audience on social media and it's, and it's, the reason I shared it is because it pretty much gives you a nice way of, of quantifying, figuring out what, like what your purpose is and how to make it work in a daily basis, like how to make it work in a sustainable way um, and letting it all tie in together so that it doesn't like drain you, doesn't become more than what you're capable of or what you, what, what you need to do. Because um, like, I've, I've spent hours like looking at that diagram, as you just said, and just figuring out like how does it fit into my life and what I see my purpose as. And it actually helps, it helps me so much in terms of figuring out where I've been unbalanced. Because um, I, I, I found that I, I spent a lot of time on, that, uh, on getting three of them right, um, where the fourth, the fourth one was the problem, which was uh, the, the whole, what can you be paid for? And it's tricky because if you want to be sustainable, you have to consider the fourth one. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you'll burn out. Otherwise, you end up in a situation where you're not able to sustain the other three. Um, yeah, yeah. And you so, end up so keeping your purpose. Let's workshop this quickly because I, I love to do this. So I think the hardest one isn't how you're going to get paid. I think even you could like say, well, I can make music. I can produce music. I can run events. Yeah. Like those are all things you can do that are going to pay you, right? You can do videography. You've got skills you could, they could charge online, offline, you know? Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things you could do to generate generate money. So each each you got to separate each thing and list down the answer to that question, and then see where it overlaps. Don't try trying to start with thinking where does it overlap. What thing do I want to do that overlaps? You have to just list all the things you can do. Yeah. But I I would say in my experience the hardest one to answer is what do you want to do. Yeah. You know, like it's like everyone knows how they can make money. They know what they're good at because they're already being paid. So someone's already yeah. identified at least some of that. And everyone knows like what they, what they, um, what they're good at, you know, like they're, they're good at X, yeah. Y, and Z. They know they're good at it. But what do you want to do? It's like such a big question. It's like it's so scary to answer, you know, because yeah. you're like, you know, and, and you'll, you'll do, you'll say things like your hobby. You'll be like, Oh, I want to do surfing. I want to do music, whatever, because yeah, yeah. it's, my hobby but like what does that really mean so let me let me help you with this okay like let's do a practical example yeah if you don't mind being vulnerable it's okay yeah it's what do you love to do yeah let's start okay. there <laughs> okay so so i think about these three questions i didn't i didn't make this up i just put it together from stuff i've read and learned you know um yeah. you, I, I can trace back the references if, if people really want 
but but essentially ask yourself these put yourself in these three scenarios so we call this a thought experiment so think about if you didn't have to work for money so let's put you in a scenario where your great uncle aunt whatever you know from royal blood or who knows what has yeah. you didn't even know that they were family and they've now discovered that you were the you know the illegitimate son of some person you know there were some weird things that happened in your family but you now yeah. qualify for this trust fund and it's let's call it you know five five billion rand or like 500 million pounds okay and this yeah. trust fund sitting there and and the, the executives of the fund their only job is to like find the the living um, heirs and just pay them like a living salary and they've decided that that's going to be let's say it's a hundred thousand rand okay or yeah whatever whatever your currency is now you you got this hundred thousand into your bank every month no matter what there's no you don't have to re have a retirement plan because it's going to be there like it's guaranteed it never runs out there's too much right the interest yeah, is yeah. more than they pay you out now suddenly in that thought experiment making money is off the t you don't have to think about that you, you can do whatever you want now you ask people that question. The first thing they say if they're employed is like, okay, well, I'll take a holiday. Okay, I'll start doing my hobbies. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And then what? So yeah. what, do you do, what do you do next? What's your first thing you do? Like you find, you think you've won the lottery. You don't know if it's real, but you find out it is real. So now it's real. The money comes yeah. in. Now what do you do next? How do you, what's the next thing you do? Well, for me, it's easy because you actually did this with me a long time ago. And it's part of the reason why I'm like living the way I'm living. Uh, it's pretty much I'll be doing exactly this. I'll be interviewing Steve Gray right now, doing the podcast and doing this whole interview, trying to teach people and help people get further in, in terms of their lives and being more sustainable and being better in, in the world in a way that's a positive impact. Because um, that's, that's actually, for me, what I enjoy doing. I just having this whole positive impact on the world makes me feel good, makes me happy. And, and being creative and how I implement that is what I enjoy. And how I use my creativity to do that is what I love doing. And that, that's why I say for me, it was like the number one thing was what, what do I love to do? The first question that you answered was easy for me because I had time to come to this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. And a lot of people, I understand, definitely it's not easy for them to come up to that, to that point. And it wasn't easy for me at some point uh, yeah. to get you. So, so I have the unfair advantage of yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But that that's that's answers. awesome. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So, one of the things when you're employed is you get paid to trade the best hours of your life to do someone else's is work, someone else's purpose, and yeah. you spend more time planning and executing and, and figuring out those day-to-day -day problems, putting out those fires, than you do on your own life, which is way more important. You know, your yeah. own destiny. And so, the privilege of like not being employed is that you can actually think about yourself and what you want to do so um you know it's really tough for people that like they, they they realize they're not fulfilled they like got this job they wake up every morning early they get to work and the first thing they got to think about is like work and they got to do their work and then they come home they're shattered they don't have time to like dream and and think yeah. about you know their dreams and their ambitions and their what they're good at it's tough um but you've got to like you've got to prioritize yourself and like look at your employment contract like what does it actually say you know what is the deal it's like 40 hours yeah. You know, like, so why are you giving 57 hours? Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, don't buy into that, like, lie that, you know, you, you've got to, yeah, bro, it's just a lie. Um, but, but anyway, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Yeah. The, so, so that first thing was, okay, so what, what do you want, what would you do if you had all the money? Then it's, 
then the qu second question is, okay, now roll back the clock. Now you don't have any money. You're back to square one. But now um, the Bill Gates Foundation phones you and they say, okay, look, we actually, you know, like, you know, we're like the Illuminati. We, we know everything. We've been reading your emails. We, we track your social media. We track your phone calls. Like, you know, it's, it's an open secret. So anyway, but we're actually not bad people. What we do is we get all that information and then we, we select the most qualified people to be able to run and manage one of our funds. And it's a billion dollars a year you've got to spend in this fund. So here's the yeah. fund, billion dollars. Here's a bank account number. You spend it on whatever you want. But you've got to choose one pur purpose. Like you've got to choose one cause. So you can't be shotgunning around between saving the whales one day, the next day it's sea spiracy, the next day it's, it's um, you know, it's whatever yeah. plastic pollution. The next day it's like women and children empowerments, gender-based violence. The next day it's whatever. Yeah. You, you've got to choose one. So now you're like, whoa, okay, flip. But there's so many problems. Like how can I just choose one? You know what? You've got to choose the most, most critical one, the one that's most dear to you, most like close to your heart. And, yeah. you know, you and I have both thought about these questions. And like, for me at the Makerspace, it's about empowering people. Like it's about empowering people specifically with technology, because I see technology as like a lever. You can do 10 times more with technology. So yeah. we need these levers. We need these advantages because life's so flipping hard in Africa. And like, we run such a back foot, like let's just try to find as many levers as we can. So like I would say, okay, cool, Bill Gates, I'm going to spend your money in making makerspaces, creating these, these STEM labs, teaching people, you know, how to leverage technology and their ideas, put them together, make businesses and be sustainable. Yeah. Um, so you like think about that answer to that question. You go, okay, well, if I had to spend this billion, like, can you imagine that job? Like imagine trying to spend a billion, like that's, I mean, divide that, but say 250 working days. Um, yeah. So that's, that's uh, 5 million rand a day, $5 million a day. How, five, you gotta spend $5 million, bro. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's 75,000 rand, <laughs> 75 million rand today. Yeah. And then tomorrow you go spend it again. So you find Steve, you're like, Steve, best day ever, bro. Give me your bank <laughs> accounts. How, how big can you go, bro? Let's, let's build 10 makerspaces. He has a check, you know, 10 makerspaces, tw two mil each, 20 bar. There you go, done. And yeah. then what? Who do you phone next? But it's got to be the same cause. Can't phone like then see Spiracy guys and go, hey, we want to save the whales now. Yeah, no, yeah. She's one. So where would you where would you put your resources? I'll put my resources in the creative sector because uh, that's that's where I'm most passionate and that's where I've, I've had most impact um, in terms of my personal journey. And I know that. The, the, the ripple effect of the creative sector and how it affects society as a whole. Because as much as people don't take uh, music serious in terms of influence, but music influences people's lives a lot more than people think. And totally influences people's opinion more than the news does. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's the world we live in that the creative sector has a lot of impact more than they actually know, which is why influencers are the biggest thing now. Every company has budget allocated to influencers now. And yep. these people who are on their social media creating TikTok videos or whatever, all, but it's like, it's being used in a way that is just to obviously earn money and just get things uh, like increase sales and all that stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? like. We just want to, yeah, it's a, corp it's a corporate uh, look at it. 
So I would yeah. definitely invest in saying, okay, I would spend all that money on getting those creatives uh, to do the same thing that they do for companies, but to do it strictly for like ba- making the world better. Yeah. That's where I yeah. put my money. I'd be like, create your TikTok videos, but maybe add a little Send a positive on, message. You know, mm. country compost, composting today. Or do a video about the makerspace, you know, like do a creative video, like go there and do something about, about them. And that's where the money will go. And that's, that's where I would spend that money. That, that would be mm. the way I would see that. Cool. So then the third one is now you're all back to square one again. And then your doctor phones you and he says, Hey, listen, uh, Arnold, sorry, bad, bad news. Like your test came back. Um, you actually got this terminal disease. You're going to die in 24 months. Like you've got two months, two years left to live. Like there's good news and bad news. The bad news is you're going to die in two years. The good news is you're not going to feel any bad effects until like the last month. So for the next 23 months, you'll be fine. The last month will be terrible, but you know, yeah. like, is what it is. Now what changes? Like now, how do you, how do you live your life? Like what do you do today and tomorrow that you wouldn't, you would have put all off or what, you know, it becomes quite clear to you what's important. So yeah. one of my friends said to me, He's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just stay at home with my kids, you know, spend time with my kids. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good answer. But, like, think about your kids' experience of you in the last two years of your life. Like, you were just at home on the couch. You know, you were just there while they went to school and you didn't do anything. Like, you didn't leave a legacy. Like, surely you've got to, like, yes, prioritize family time and realize, like, look, okay, like, I need to, I need to not work till 6, 7 p.m. every night. But, yeah. you know, once you get that, balance right what what do you actually do that leaves a legacy on the world you know so for you what do you think you would you would do what's answer that question at this point in your life uh well basically for me it'd be like i said before pretty much be the same thing i'd be going around maybe with the with the more urgency uh, but the urgency is still there for me personally is i'll be documenting using my platform or whatever i have in terms of reach to impact and leave the world better than I found it. And that's, that's essentially what, where I'm at right now anyway. And I, and like I said, it's probably because we had this conversation before that I'm at this stage where I'm doing this and I'm living like this. And it's, 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 it's so important that people actually like, I don't know, have this kind of conversation or do this kind of exercise for themselves because it's helped me a lot. And it's actually, part of the reason why I, I don't wait for things to happen. And I just have this, 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 this mentality of, I need to do things that are important now and yeah. think about that legacy and my impact. Cause if I die tomorrow, what would I have left behind that matters? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, isn't it good to like, to be centered like that, to have all that, like that clear, like overlap where you've now got the, the, the cause that you know is important, like your purpose, like things you think are most important for you. You've got your urgency and, and your execution, like, and the way you do it and the balance and the, and the you know, you've thought yeah. about that and you've thought about, um, you know, um, what you would do if you didn't have to work for money. So then you've got like a clear idea of, okay, this is the thing I want to do. It's like, it's, it's have this, inspire these this creative movement i want to i want to have influence in this creative sector and i want to um you know use these sort of digital tools to communicate to the world and help other people to find their voice you know like it's sort of all overlaps and then now you've got to go back to 
what are you good at? What do you, what can you make money doing? And you obviously like, okay, well, I'm pretty good at media. I'm pretty good at like communication and uh, like music, art, production, events. I can do all of that stuff all, all to the yeah. same cause, you know, bring all those tools in. And then when it's like, okay, and then how do I make money? Um, again, you, you overlap those things. So they all line up to be the same thing. And then yeah. like every day is just simple. You're like, okay, I'm just like, it's, it all lines up. Like every step yeah. you take forward is a step in the right direction. You're not going like one day you're doing a, like a, a brand activation for someone to sell razor blades. And the next day you're doing, um, you know, like a travel documentary. And then the, yeah. the third day you're like, you're fixing someone's like, you know, musical instrument. Cause you're like, you're like, no, no, like it's all censored. Like it, every, every step forward is helping me, you know, in that direction. Yeah. And then you start to get that momentum. And so that's kind of what happened with us. It took, it takes a long time um, for me, eight years now. And the first two or three years, you know, was like, it was just some little green shoots, but there wasn't any like massive impact. And then, yeah. um, so, you know, like the story of macadamia nuts is macadamia nuts are really lucrative farm farming business. Like if you've got a macadamia nut farm, like you make yeah. big, big bucks. But the trick is it takes seven years to get your first yield. You know? So yeah. you, you've got to like be seven years ahead, plant those trees and then wait, you know, and invest and, and manage them and incur all that cost until they're yeah. ready to produce. Once you've got a, like a farm full of macadamia trees, you can sell that thing for millions or you can just live off that revenue. But when you've got a piece of land with little shoots or nothing in it, yeah, you've got nothing. So, I realized like not everything happens like straight away, you know? Yeah. So the investments we made in people like seven years ago, we're starting to see some of those fruits. Like some of those people have now grown into trees and they're starting to produce fruit. So one of our guys, Gulile, he makes leather wallets and you know, we're quite open like because it's reality. So we want to know like how people are doing. So like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Like are you making any money? Are you paying the bills? In the beginning it was like, I'm making a few thousand. Yeah. A few thousand there. And like he told me in November, he's like, no, he made 50K this, this month. Whoa, man, that's fantastic. Jeez, okay. <laughs> and that's making leather wallets, like using our laser machine and the skills we taught him, but he's taken it. To, he's made more leather wallets than we've ever, will ever make. So he's yeah. become an expert, but um, you know, that fruit like takes a long time to, yeah. you know, to, well, to grow into fruit. And so now he's, he started employing some of the interns that we had last year. Like he actually hired them to work for him. And it's like, okay, that's, that's amazing. This, is the, this is the impact, you know? Um, yeah. And so you also got to have that patience and then that belief, like what you're doing actually has that impact. Like you even said, like, you know, having those creatives um, kind of start doing that, that work. Um, it's, it's an investment, but you don't actually know like how much of an impact is it having? You know, if someone's giving this positive message, you know, yeah. is it like, something that's going to like well, tomorrow everyone's going to wake up like a better person or is it like yeah. this, this sort of tweak of culture that takes you know many people in a long time and it's just a case of like hey man i just got to like be part of that solution like even if it takes my whole life i've got to it's my purpose i've got to do it you know yeah um, no, definitely like that 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 what you're saying makes so much sense and it's crazy that you use the macadamia nut farm the example because I'm actually like currently like looking at joining a co-op farm and actually like <laughs> uh, getting into the whole macadamia nut. 
There we go, everyone. It's a good business. It's good. Don't do uh, it, man. You'll, you're yeah, seven, so, so, seven so, year so, future so, self will thank you. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's crazy because, like, this, and now this is how I also feel like God sometimes talks. Like, he talks in, like, in answers, like, conversations because I, I'm, I'm really not sure, 100% sure, or was uh, 100% sure, but uh, that, and it's like now that it's coming up in conversation, is it's like more of a nudge. And it's mm. like, okay, cool. There's something there, um, but but it's 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 just touching what you what you're talking about and the whole thing of uh, the seven year and waiting and like fruits not necessarily coming straight away. Uh, when when I said that the the, the fourth uh, thing in the in the ikigai uh, diagram, I was failing at is what can you be paid for? Is in the sense that I was not looking at it in the sense of the long-term investment um, when I when I think about it because when I think about it I've set up a lot of things I've planted a lot of seeds that do take care of that but what can you be paid for mm. it's just a matter of them obviously me watching them every day me allowing them the time to grow and then if they do at some point uh, come to fruition in the way that I could see that they do it will happen and it should just naturally happen and it ties in with the, there's a podcast I was listening to recently that was talking about humans who start seeing themselves as organic, as trees, um, like a, as actual trees, because uh, we, we have this mentality of we treat ourselves like machines. And with machines, it's, you gotta, if you gotta produce now, like you have this uh, amount of time and you need to produce this result in this amount of time. And that's how we, uh, allocate your performance and we know that you are you're doing well otherwise the machine is not working and you need to like get rid of it and start a new machine mm. and that mentality is not good for humans because we organic in the sense that like with with trees there's a time where you get you plant the seed and then you have to water it over time and then if you might not see any results and then you see something sprout but still no fruit and you'll see things over time grow and grow and grow. And then even when, once you start producing the fruits, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to be producing fruits. There'll be a time where you have to shed your leaves. And there'll be a time when uh, you just need to yeah. enjoy the sun. And you need yeah, to, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and work your way towards more sun. And you need to work the soil so that the soil allows you to produce more fruits uh, the next time. And you have to keep watering. And there's certain things you have to keep doing every single day. And with that mentality, we start not being so hard on ourselves and start mm. measuring ourselves uh, in a different way in, in terms of saying, am I taking those positive steps to make the soil good? Or am yeah. I poisoning the soil every day? Am I, am I adding water or am I adding something that doesn't add value to, to, yeah. to the tree? Yeah. And as much as I don't see the fruits right now, I need to be aware that I need to to do that positive and that good thing every day to get the fruits at a later stage that are worthwhile. And then we can, ch we can judge and say, by the fruits, was our labor worth it? Or was, 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 was it something that was a good investment? And luckily for us in this day and age, we have technology and we have understanding and we have podcasts and we have books and we have so much knowledge available to us that we can understand certain things that are good in terms of if this is what you're watching yourself with every day there will be a result like this in in the future 
but don't be mad yeah, if yeah. you don't get the results straight away. But start yeah. this. No, exactly. Man. Wake up every day, exercise, drink water, uh, watch the food that you eat. You know, like certain good habits will produce a good result. And if we and 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 that just like that thinking, like helps. Like I'm still trying to absorb the information, but it's like it. It's so much. It's a so much better way of thinking versus this thing of yeah. being so hard on ourselves and saying, "Yeah, being oh, no, I'm 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 not really getting results right now. Like I'm not getting what like I'm I'm exercising every day. I'm healthy. I'm doing positive things. I'm trying to only absorb positive things. Doing doing positive uh, work out there, but I'm not seeing the results right now, and it's frustrating. And why people not listening? Why people not? Uh, coming to the table you know and and you get frustrated if you think like that and mm. sometimes you just got to like trust the process and you got to trust that it organically grow like how it does with the tree mm. you don't see it all happen all at once it just takes time absolutely man yeah 100% yeah uh sorry for hijacking your 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 time <laughs> so, never really. it's, uh, it's it's good it's good it's like a it's 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 necessary like i mean we could even take that example further and like um do you know what monoculture is monoculture um, no no i don't yeah. so monoculture is like where you have everything the same so like if you're farming um corn you know you have this fields and fields and fields of corn or like in the north coast where i stay like all this sugar cane just like monoculture okay, there's only one culture and that's like modern farming methods but what they realized over time is like oh flip monoculture is actually super bad for biodiversity in like the long run it's bad even for your harvest. Like it's much better to have diversity and rotate your fields like the old ways. You end up like actually making more money and actually being more productive. And you, yeah. you know, eventually like if the biodiversity gets so limited, all the bees die, then everyone, there is no more culture at all. So that idea of monoculture, taking it into the human example of the tree example is if you surround yourself with everyone the same as you, um, you create this monoculture around you and there's no biodiversity and there's no like mm. external forces that can, that can kind of have an influence on you, like positive and negative and mm. challenge you, you know, like a bee coming in and like, you know, getting the pollen, um, insects, like causing, eating some of your leaves, causing you to like, to build some sort of like a natural defense system. So then you become vulnerable to, yeah. to these massive crop failures, etc. You know, like um, there's natural cycles. So like, yeah, just something to add that, uh, that I've thought about um, somebody, one of the guys uh, that I like sort of inspires me, talked about it and just saying like, you know, beware of monoculture. Like it's not healthy for yeah. anyone. So like even for, for us to only surround ourselves with people that are just think exactly like us, you know, like we need to be aware like which people we're around and what, they say and do and how that influences us but we need to almost do that like with our eyes open and go hey i actually want to go find some people different to me that like yeah. that can challenge me like maybe i'm in, getting into a little bubble you know and then come back and reflect on the influence and like say is was it a good influence was it a bad influence do i need more of those people less of those people yeah um, yeah no that, that's that do you want it uh, that's a great thought because uh it does it does help uh to have that diversity in terms of, of, of thinking and 
and, and surrounding yourself with those type, uh, different types of people or different types of situations and not being like so narrow-minded that I'm only going to surround myself with people yeah. that think this way. Um, because it does open you to, 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 to question and be stronger in certain beliefs. Um, cause, uh, funny enough that people sometimes have this thing and I had this thing, that's why I can speak about it is when you don't want to hear something, um, because it's going, it's going to, it's, it's, it challenges your belief in, in, in something else. And if you, if you scared to gain knowledge or to hear something, uh, because it's going to challenge your belief system or wh where you stand, then you already know that you're, you don't really believe in what you believe in. There's yeah. already a doubt in you. And it's something that I had to learn to say, I shouldn't be scared to hear things that I don't want to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if 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 I hear it and it quit and I start to question what I believe in, did I really believe in that thing in the first place? And was it worth? Is it something worth believing in if you do, if you don't still believe in it after hearing certain things that you can say are factual or true about it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 it's like that that that's that's part of I guess opening yourself up to a world beyond your world. Uh, is to yeah. be able to take that information and then start working with it. But uh, that obviously, with everything's balanced. Like you said, there's the insects that, that come, yes, they eat the, the plants and, and the plants become stronger, but you can't overwhelm yourself with locusts. And, you know, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's, that's uh, counterintuitive. So you've got to be, obviously, it has to be balanced uh, yeah, yeah. in the way that you do that. And you still have to de deal with certain in insects, but don't go... Hiroshima on it and decide to use pesticides that will kill everything, including yeah. the plant the, the plant itself. Um, so it's like yeah, so it's 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 actually a nice way of, of thinking. I didn't know I now learned that mon mon monoculture. Yeah, yeah. So to add this to your organic your your organic <laughs> metaphor. So I thought maybe I could we could do a quick breakaway and I'll share with everyone this the space. I know you've yes. been here enough. But um just getting back to the sustainability angle. So we're running this project called the Baobab of Durban. It's supposed to be like a, a place where people can come and talk and think about sustainability. So um, this is a little coffee shop we made and everyone's invited. Come support the coffee shop, you know, chill on the couch, order yourself um, coffee and you'll see like all the stuff that we've got in here, like this counter is solid teak. Um, it's actually like, yeah. it's really solid. This was found at a um, demolishes like uh, warehouse where they were they basically it was out of some old building, and we just mm. um, converted that into this like beautiful thing. We reused some bricks that that we that we had from demolishing to rebuild. Um, we repurposing like stuff we already had. Um, so yeah, it's challenging. Like we talk about sustainability, it's, it's these are all the furnitures from a restaurant that closed down next door to us. Um, the all the windows frames are made from um old roof beams like old durban houses uh oregon pine yeah. which looked like super ugly like they were just black and like they didn't look like beautiful wood and we know we took the time to make them into beautiful wood and then and then mm. sand them down and then through the through the window here is our is our plastic innovation lab or our, our innovative waste design lab so this is all about how to use waste and create values of uh, items of value out of waste 
and you can see AP there in the back, he's operating the, the oven, he's mounting some plastic. We're going to make plastic shelves um, for one of our, one of our design projects. Um, yeah. So I'll flip around into the lab and then this is like our co-working space. So right now we've got some, some creatives in here designing um, part of this design challenge we are running at the moment where um, they're going to use set materials like this wood is one of them and make three yeah. printed connectors. Um, and so, yeah, it's really exciting to have creatives in the, in the space. Again, that idea of like having different people doing different things. Um, it's like, yeah, it's really like, it, it excites me quite a lot. There's yeah. our team just doing their work, hard at work, trying to support the maker space and make it viable. Um, and then, yeah, this is our shredding machine. So we shred plastic on this into little flakes. Um, this is an injection molding machine where we have molds so we make plastic items out of like uh, USB sticks, like A1 yes. USB <laughs> sticks. Um, we got a press here, which we use to squash stuff. Um, and then here's the different plastic from different sources like, you know, we collect. Um, and there's APs making a nice primary color um, shelf that's going to become a shelf and put that in the press. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the plastic lab. And then, yeah. yeah, I could walk you outside where all the, the making stuff happens. It's a little bit messy and chaotic, um, but it's interesting. It's, um, it's real. It's also hard to like throw stuff away when you are thinking sustainably. Like, you know, it's all stuff can be so useful. And it's all stuff that can be reused and repurposed. Yeah, but it is a lot of work, man. Like, yes, it, it's, I, I've been involved in projects for years, like since I was an engineer. And, like, so much easier just to yeah. buy stuff new. Like it all fits and it all works and you can just get done and yeah. get on with your life to have to like find stuff that's second hand and make it fit and it's a lot. And then, and that's the tricky thing about uh, in terms of uh, sustainability and recycling and stuff. And when you talk about recycling, upcycling, people think it's like a cheaper way of doing it, but people don't really consider the fact that it's a lot more work. Um, yeah involved in doing that and actually the just the creativity of it is work is a lot of work and trying to be creative and how to figure out how to recycle and how to yeah. use that recycle uh, those recycled items and then uh like upcycling things is is is, is it's just work a lot of work and it's, and like you said it's cheaper to just create new and that's why a lot of companies don't bother with recycling and 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 they just pretty much just create more create more so it's so when you talk about sustainability, this is the one thing I learned from you is that it's, it's really boils down to reducing our consumption and our need for certain things and our want for certain things. And uh, it's like, not that I, I say that we can't create a political world to force companies to, 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 to recycle and to, to, to be obviously take that extra effort and make that extra uh, like uh, spend that extra bit of bucks to, to, to recycle but it's just not really feasible at, at, at this point whereas we can control how we behave and how we yeah. consume things and if we can control that and reduce our consumption and reduce how much we use stuff it's, it's, it, it, it can go a long way in fixing the problem right now yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 
I think it's just the mindset. And for me, it, it, it took some time to actually get to where I'm at. And I'm still not where I need, to, where I want to be. And in terms of, it's just like the organic thing we talked about. You just got to let yourself grow into it and let yourself learn as you can go and do what you can and not be mad at the things that you can't do because that's part of making you stronger. That's part of the stuff that makes you better uh, down the line. When you fail here, there's a reason for that failure. You know, you got to find the perspective of failure, not seeing failure as just failure, but as a learning opportunity. Um, yeah. So, so, it's, so it's, 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 it's crazy that when you say that it's a lot of work, when you're pointing out that it's a lot of work to do this maker space, I'm looking at it like it's amazing and it's inspiring. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's so beautiful what you guys are doing there. And I'm sure people who are watching this, and we'll watch this, we'll think the same thing. But uh, no one wants to really think about it as how much work it is. Uh, but yeah. maybe I can ask you this question. Does it feel like a lot of, even though it is a lot of work, does it feel like a lot of work to you? Does it feel draining? Or, is it, or does it not feel that way because you're doing something that serves your purpose? Yeah, so... I think that's the key thing is like I, I look at for me what motivates me it's creativity it's people and it's technology so I'm, I'm always thinking about have I got those three things in the right balance to keep me jazzed up you know, to keep me motivated and you know I lost John T like in November he moved to Joburg and he was like my my, my co-director like yeah you know my, my, my 2 IC and he was yeah. he was quite like he was he's a really talented creative guy who we just connected well like and we could bounce ideas off each other and, and, and just like energize each other. Um, yeah. So since having lost them, it's been, it's been tougher and it has felt more like work. But, um, you know, recently, like with this creative um, collaboration thing, I realized like I need to get more creative people in the space and, and collaborate with them so I can get that, that creative, you know, like element ticked off. We've got the technology, we've got the people, like, like a lot of people here, a lot of people needing help. Um, but but it has to be sustainable in its own way. Like it has to, if it's mm. just work, it's it's going to run out. You're going to run out of energy. So it has to be fun as well. You know, um, in terms yeah. of like when you're doing things, doing them in a sustainable way, it it definitely needs to start at the beginning at the consumption. So there shouldn't be waste plastic. Then we wouldn't have to think yeah. about how to recycle it. You know, recycling is not the answer to, to plastic waste. You know, it's a, it's a plaster. Like it's a band-aid. Um, it's it's definitely better than not recycling, but but you've got to start with the problem, which is that plastic is too um, cheap for the cost it has on the environment. Like the cost on the environment and the cost of collecting yeah. hasn't been priced in when they buy the plastic pellets. It doesn't priced in, and it should be like that. Any bit of plastic you produce as a manufacturer, you need to get back. You know, yeah. whatever you want to do with it, you can. Use it to make more products. You can put it in the ground, but you have to get it back yourself to, to that point where you bought it. Then you would see things would change. The price of plastic would go up a hundred times, man. Think about the cost of yeah. going finding those Coke bottles at the bottom of the ocean. You have to pay like scuba divers to go and retrieve like 10 bottles. You know, what would that cost yeah. per bottle? So if you think about the cost just hasn't been allocated to anyone. So the environment's paying that cost. So we're all paying that cost as a society, yeah. whether we realize it or not. Um, and, but it's everyone's fault. Like you can't blame Coke. 
because people are buying those plastic bottles, man. Once they go yeah. out of Coke factory, it's not really Coke's fault anymore. I mean, kind of is. It's, it's everyone's fault, but it's not exclusively their fault. Um, it's the person who buys the Coke, you know, and drinks yeah. it. I mean, where did they, you know, did they throw it away? Like, maybe it should only be sold within a certain radius of a dustbin, you know, or like, <laughs> you know, like hear, yeah. the price of the plastic should be like 10 times more Then you would just buy a glass bottle because oh, this is much cheaper, you know, or yeah. you would have your own disposable, like your own carry around bottle and you'd fill it up at the, at the petrol station with, with Coke. You know, I'm just using Coke as an example because it's something that we all understand and know and, and yeah. identify with. But every bit of plastic, it's there for convenience and it's our convenience and we buy it and by buying it, we accept it and we, we continue that problem. And so one day we wake up and go flip, like let's go clean up the plastic on the beach. But yeah. like, you know, that's not, that's not really it, the place to start is to stop buying the plastic with, vote with your money, vote with your wallet. And then yeah. on the other hand, on the flip side is if you think about it and you can never buy plastic again, ever again, it's too overwhelming. Like it's too much. It's too much of a price. So yeah. then you're like, oh no, like I can't do it. And then you're like, oh well, I'll, I'll just park my brain in the sand like an ostrich. You know. I think it's a. We've got to like inspire each other to do better. Like we can't it's, say like, yeah, it has. You have to be perfect, or you know, like you can never buy coke yeah. again. It's like, hey man, can you just be a bit better today than you were yesterday? Like, can we just, you know, personally like improve our consumption patterns? Like. And then as influencers, like, can we change um, the narrative around what is cool? Like the newest yeah. Nikes are cool, you know, the newest, like the season's Adidas, the season's like whatever your brand is, man, it's, it's brand new. That's what's coolest. That's what we're wearing. Yeah. Since wearing. Who's like representing, hey, check those old like 1980s, like, like um, you know, like Nikes that guy's wearing. So like, yeah. Where did he get them? Well, he had to keep them. He had to buy them. Like, oh, those things are actually worth something now. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't throw our old shoes away. Like, yeah. And, and so our consumption patterns, like, we, we signal, like, how cool we are by, like, the new stuff we've got on. You know, like. Yeah. Like, the way it's we. It's an of brand new, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They so, caught up with brand new. So that's, like, the starting point, man. It's, like. Can, can we change that? You know, is it cool to like wear the same stuff until it's got holes in it? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's like uh, what, what the picture just came to my head as well when you were just talking about that was that how many like influencers are all about like unboxing, the whole unboxing process. It's like, hey, check out what I've got that unbox, you know, like I just got this new whatever and this is the new, 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 new. And it's and it's and it's the marketing that makes sense for companies because they want to sell new, new, new. They don't want people like it's planned obsolescence. We're in the generation of planned obsolescence. We need this thing to break down at some point, and then they stop using it. Uh, then they need to buy a new one and the latest version of it. And I think we're also being trained that way through uh, just even this whole thing of like computers and stuff. Like computers used to last forever. I don't know uh, what, what computer you used, you used, but my previous Mac before the one I have now uh, lasted me for years and years and years and years. Now I had, I bought this Mac in, uh, in 2018, I think. And two years and, and, I, and, I, and I 
deliberately bought it for a specific reason to like because it's it's high end and can allow me to do editing the way I need to do the editing, and it's supposed to be the 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 best at that point. Two years later, like I like I'm being made to feel like it's obsolete because it can't do this, it can't do that, it can't, and it's like the way the world works right now. It's kind of forcing people to feel like they need to get the brand new and get the latest and get the and then it's like okay what happens so so i've learned this thing of like hacking things and trying to like make my thing like new always yeah. like instead yeah. of buying new i'd just say i'm going to hack it and try and figure out how to make it new because i know the company didn't want me to do this the company wants me to buy the latest one so i need to figure out how to re redesign it and reuse it for myself cuz it yeah, saves yeah. me money number one <laughs> and number two it also saves me from like having this mentality of needing something that's new all the time yeah um cuz i was falling into that trap and it's like it's so easy to fall into it cuz we love new things yeah and exactly. it's a human yeah. thing we love new things but also so, we got you know we got to like get over that addiction so like everything in moderation you know like it's like if it's a tool for work and it's it is going to save you hours and hours of something you can't get back okay maybe you upgrade your computer like you know It's not like you should never buy a new thing. It's just to have every single thing in your life be new. Like it's the latest AirPods, it's the latest shoes, it's the latest clothes, it's the latest cap, it's the latest, um, yeah. you know, cars, it's the latest whatever. And and um, to have that being like the norm, like that is why we are where we are. You know? Yeah. If that was the exception to the norm, like the default is we all repair our stuff, we all buy secondhand, we all like buy stuff that lasts for 50 years, we give it to our kids. and then every now and again we have to buy something new and then we do that but that's not the norm you know that's like um you know like we can talk about whose fault that is but does that even matter like we are at that point so we need to change it so yeah and and like i think you know like like getting bummed about things and like complaining about them and highlighting them is one thing but like let's get creative about solutions so like you know like yeah like while we're talking about the problems let's also throw in like ideas that people can actually use you know like what sort of things are worth buying new and and i would say like things that are produced like locally by artisans by people who are doing it like in a way that's um like just by its nature is good and wholesome you know like not like imported mass produced made in a factory or people who don't care about their jobs yeah. you know minimum quality that can possibly like looks the best lasts the worst so you know if you if you need to fulfill that like desire to have something new go and buy something like from Aribo like from you know like the guys are making bags new bags out of old stuff and it's yeah. really trendy and cool and like you know don't like and see it looks it, it looks really good yeah don't see it as like oh substandard like oh like I'm you know let's it's better than what you can buy in the shops and what's made in the factory because it's made by real people Oof. with real passion every single stitch is like I thought about it you know um if you're buying something that's um you're going to you, you don't really need you know think about like do i really need this thing like is this thing going to really make me happy um is it going to improve my life yeah. very useful thing i heard was that um you know buying stuff doesn't make you happy new stuff doesn't make you happy um it's you get an initial high and then you get like buyer's remorse what actually makes you what gives you more satisfaction is fixing things that frustrate you in your life like problems like spending yeah. money on fixing like your like squeaky hinge or your like your you know broken gates motor or your broken bulb in your light light bulb or like 
fixing things that are like a daily frustration to you, like spending a few hundred rands to fix a pothole in your road. Those yeah. things give you like an ongoing satisfaction that far out, and they've mentioned this, that far exceeds like the satisfaction you get from buying like a new pair of shoes or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And so, you know, if you understand the way human psychology works, like you could actually go out and look for areas to spend money that are like going to give you ongoing satisfaction. Like, oh, yeah. awesome. Like I repaired that. Like, if you have taken anything to the tailors and getting them to like, to fit it to you, and you're like, that's, that's gift. You know, every time you put that garment on, it's like, go buy an old yeah. garment from like a secondhand charity store for like 20 bucks a blazer. And then take it to a tailor, and like, he'll charge you two, 300 bucks to fit it to your body and be better than anything yeah. you can buy in a shop. And now you yeah. and and you and it fits you. You look better in it than, you know, like make that thing yours. Like that's a rad thing to do. Like rather than oh, let's go to the mall, like drop a couple grand on like some brand that's actually, you know, that just it's it's milking its its brand. Yeah. You and know. and I th I think where we can close it off because I think uh, I don't want Instagram to kick us off. Um, because I'm going to save this for IGTV and <laughs> and put this also on YouTube as well. So the, just to close it off, I uh, really appreciate the time uh, that you gave us. I definitely want to do another one with you in, in, in the future. Um, and yeah, we'll have this chat again. Awesome, Thanks again to everybody in the comments. Sorry, we're not going to be able to get through the comments today. But yeah, really appreciate Steve, always amazing. Thank you again. Cool, man. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers, Arnold. And then, uh... sorry.